welcome to a special Equilibrium Brewery Showcase episode of... Brutal Battle! We have Kyle Norman to thank for this showcase because he gave us all four of the beers that we're going to be trying. We actually had on a kind of recent beer mail episode sponsored by Kyle Norman, basically, one of the Equilibrium beers. We weren't huge on it because it was a hazy IPA, but guess what? I think all the four beers we're doing are hazies. So I'm interested to delve deeper and see, see. what yeah. we think. But this is a disclaimer. For people who haven't listened to this podcast a whole lot, we are not huge on hazy IPAs. Rebecca's more into it than me. Yeah, Carlin hates them. Yeah, well, it, it, it depends on how they're done. There are certain ones I really like. Uh, we had a showcase that we did for The Alchemist, and those were good. I quite yeah. like those hazy IPAs. Um, but, you know, it just depends. But we'll find out. A lot of episodes recently have been sponsored by Kyle Norman. <laughs> yeah. He gives us a lot of beer. So, you know, hey, if you give us beer, <laughs> we will do episodes. Everyone, do it. Okay. So my glass is empty. Yes. So, But we'll start before I say anything. Well, I'll just say this. Equilibrium Brewery is from Middletown, New York. Uh, and it was started in 2015. Where is that in New York? Do you know? In a town that's in the middle. <laughs> so the first beer we're going to start with, it's going to progress as we go here, and you'll see what I mean. The first one we're starting with is a pale ale. It is just called C. It's just the letter C. Uh, it is 4.8% alcohol. And all these beers are within like a month of being canned when we're trying them. So fresh. So thank you, Kyle. And we're not necessarily putting the episode out like right after we recorded or close to it necessarily. We might wait, but we recorded not long after we got the beers. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty fresh. Get into this pale ale. Man, this can is super full. Can you see yeah. it's like right at the top? That's how it should be. I am I'm very challenged with pouring beers that are that full. <laughs> Rebecca will tell you I have a history of ones that are that full just dribbling them right down the can. Got to go with the aggressive pour to make that not happen. Okay, so okay. here we go. What does it look like? Looks hazy. Looks like hazy IPA. It's very orange. You, you said can't this is a pale ale. Through. Did you tell me the ABV? Um, yeah, four point eight. Four point eight. Okay, yep, 8. almost five. Okay. Ooh, tangerine. Yeah. Lots of tangerine. Maybe a little nectarine on on there as well. I'm getting a little Ooh. bitterness too. There's a little bitterness. There's a little sweetness, but the sweetness on the nose is very, very light. Yeah. And I like it. This nose is outstanding. It's, it's yeah, it's, it Wonderful has nose. a lot of the citrus notes that you get from yeah. a hazy IPA, but also oh, yeah. dialed down a little bit. Um, sweetness, but not like so, so sweet that you're going to barf. And It'll then, and then a bitterness. A little pineapple, a little grapefruit in there yeah. too. It's kind of like a citrus salad uh, aroma, and it's mm -hmm. it's a beautiful aroma. It smells really great, but I'm interested to see how it tastes because a lot of times with these hazy IPAs, the nose is so strong and robust and beautiful, and then when you get to the flavor, it it kind of tastes like that, but it's super muted flavor wise in comparison. But Rebecca, you take the lead. You already tried. I feel it. like it, it tastes like it smells. There's something in there yeah. I don't like though. Hmm. It feels a little grainy. There's something. I see what you're saying. There is something on the end that's a little maybe earthy, vegetal. But there's a lot of that kind of like juicy citrus yeah. up front. Orange, tangerine. 
Um, there's more of a bitterness in the finish than I thought there would be, to be honest. I like it. Pretty decent. Yeah, it's um, it's a little thicker than I would think it would present at four point eight percent. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm forgetting this is only four point eight percent. Yeah, mouth mouthfeel wise and flavor wise, it doesn't come off as a pale ale. It comes off more like a you know at least eight uh, percent IPA. Uh, I don't taste I don't, the alcohol. No, though, is yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. I'm just saying You're like the mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. mouthfeel okay. and flavor level. So. I guess that's, a, that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Oh, now I'm getting some apricot really mm-hmm. coming through I like on it. it. Yeah, give me a little bit more. And then there's actually like a very slight bubblegum note that I get at the end of the last uh, sip that I had. Is that what you think is kind of weird? Well, there there also is like, I'm, I'm tasting the malt in the finish as well, and maybe that's what you're not liking as much. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, obviously we are critical on the podcast, so I'm being critical. I like it though. I mean, I like it too. I do. Um, I'm happily surprised because I have a very poor relationship with hazy IPAs. But like I've said before, if people do a good job making them, I like them. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how you're doing it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Equilibrium Brewery. Um, So first off, just so you know, and this will help you kind of understand why they're called Equilibrium. And their logo is like a science beaker. Um, it's kind of very science-driven. It's actually uh, professional scientists brew there, hmm. like professionally trained scientists, like as in graduated from MIT. Nah. Yes. So that's why it's it's very, very science-based. So I will say I'm going to lead off before we get to our next beer with talking about stuff that I pulled from the website. And the way I like to do these showcases is I go to the brewery's website first because I want to get a feel for how they like to represent themselves to people. So I always look at their about page. Like, how are you representing yourself? Are you saying, oh, we're like local and hometown and that's how we focus? Or we're into simple beers. Or in the case of Equilibrium Brewery, it's about we're into experimentation, doing a lot of research, trying recipes and retrying recipes until we get them to how we want them. And we're classically trained scientists, so we dive very, very deep into that. That's interesting. yeah, it is, and it is interesting, but I will say, don't read their website. It it, it sounds very overly pretentious. Uh, a lot of the wording is kind of uh, saying saying a lot without saying a whole lot, and it's very redundant. Mm. I will say. So when and Rebecca will tell you when yeah. I was doing the research. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, what is going like, on? Reading how that it's written on their about page, I was rolling my eyes. I was like, this is so terrible. Like, they seem like a-holes, basically, with the way that it's written. But I then read an article after that, because that's what I then do, is I look for actual articles with interviews and everything. And... It was a much cooler, more interesting story. Hmm. So don't look at their website. Look for articles about who they are and how they've come to be. And I'll give you some of that information. But um, it gives you a much better sense of that brewery, in my opinion. But I will tell you some of the stuff on the website. It says they focus on research and scientific approaches to brewing beer. Like I said, they taste their beer recipes and go through so many batches. And they say they're kind of always changing it. They're always tweaking things to kind of make it as good as possible. And when I'm when I'm telling you this stuff, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing a lot of writing down to a few bullet points that it probably should just be that way on the website. 
uh, emphasis on experimentation and exploration, and they end up striving to use local ingredients, which a lot of cool breweries tend to do. So good on that for equilibrium. All their beers are unfiltered and unpasteurized. Uh, and they say that for that reason, those beers are living things. And when they're in the can or the bottle, they end up transitioning from being very bold to very graceful flavors. Hmm. Now, I will say that if they're ever going to do stuff that has like fruit or extra high sugar things like additives, like, you know, chocolate or whatever, uh, you got to be careful with being unpasteurized because those can end up exploding if they're not kept yeah. properly. Uh, so it is a risk for a brewery to take in a sense. That's why a lot of breweries actually will pasteurize because they don't want that issue of potentially a can explodes or even worse, a bottle explodes. Yeah. Just want water to rinse. Yeah. I'm ready to rinse. Interesting. Yeah. And then, um. How many breweries would you say pasteurize versus not? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, because another thing is, is the pasteurizing is an extra cost. So I don't know. There may be a lot that don't do it just because it is an extra cost. And especially when you get going, when you're getting going, you can't spend a ton of money. So I don't know. But um, and then the last thing I wanted to say that I pulled from the website is they use something that they call mass balance brewing, which focuses on uh, sources and sink. This is exactly how they put it. They use mass balance brewing, which focuses on sources and sinks of different flavors to maximize and balance the right flavors. What the hell does that mean? Right, exactly. This is what I'm talking about, about how things are written on their website. They suck. Who did that? Mm -hmm. That is... Because... It really reads like, let me tell you how I'm better than you, and the beers you're going to taste from us are better than you are. Someone who did a poor job editing, because you're like... It's just... it's. It should have been kept way more simple, in my opinion, like the article I found. So... Yeah, but anyway, moving forward, because I want to give this, I don't want to rag too much on the website, because I'm, I'm very excited about this brewery, because they have some cool th- info I'm going to tell you about. So we're going to the second beer, though, and uh, I have to point out uh, up front that the Equilibrium logo on this can is presented in the font of the band Metallica, so yeah. that's cool. I listened to Metallica a lot back in the day. This one is called Harvester of Simcoe. It is a double IPA, and it is eight. 0.8% alcohol. Okay. So we went up four percentage points from the first one. So let's see if it tastes like that. Oh. This one is also very full. This God, they fill their cans like right to the friggin' brim. That's good, though, because that makes sure that there's less um, oxygen that can get in and change the beer. This is a lot later looking. Yeah, it is. That's kind of weird. You would think that it would be... Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on the recipe they're doing. I got beer all over my notes. Luckily, it's on the portion I already read. (laughs) So that was good. So when you were pouring it, I thought it looked lighter. It does look a little lighter, but it's still kind of the same. Orangey-yellow, hazy. I feel like it's a bit hazier as well. Do you feel that way? Yes. It's a bit hazier. It looks murky. Yeah, it does. The smell? Oh, yeah. Smells murky. It smells like Simcoe. Like if you're familiar with what Simcoe smells like, it smells like Simcoe. I don't know what's. I can't. So Simcoe, Simcoe's got almost this kind of like earthy spice spiciness to it. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like I get that. Definitely. I mean, it smells like dank. Yeah, it smells dank. It smells like almost pure lupulin. Uh, it smells good. It smells really good, actually. Yeah. 
It's more your nose than my nose. Yeah, I, lo- I love the smell of this. Very I nice. like more bright. This is not bright. <laughs> yeah, this is this kind of has that smell, and then people say, like, it's so juicy, it's almost pulpy. It's got that kind of smell to it. Very, mm. very rich, very like dark orange scent to it. There's some of the apricot coming through, that kind of spiciness to it as well. It's got a little pine. Sip. Um, it is really juicy. Um, it has like a real big, oh my gosh, juicy mouth Ooh. feel. Yeah. Um, you can tell it's higher ABV, but Ooh. I wouldn't guess 8%. Wow. Yeah. You almost have, this is one of those IPAs you almost have to chew where you're just like, that's serious. I got to get my way, like make my way through this somehow. Yeah. I'm going to have to chew this beer a little bit. Cause yeah, uh, like I was saying, like it smells like it's so juicy. It's almost pulpy. That's how it tastes. Yeah. Very, very, very juicy. Uh, people who are the haze bros, who are all about the hazy IPAs, uh, you would love this. It's 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 good. I need a little bit more to evaluate. It. I cannot drink a ton of this. I though. couldn't drink. No, I, I cannot drink. I'm glad we're going to share it. I mean, it's good and I like it, but it's just not the type of style where I'm like, I want to go back for more of this. Well, because it's so thick and the flavor is so pronounced. It's a very strong flavor. Like it's a, it's, you know, it's like the, the beer, the IPA equivalent of orange juice in a sense. Although I think I like, I think I like this. More than the first one? Yeah. Flavor wise. It's quite good. Once again, I am pleasantly surprised on this one. I like it. It's nice. And I don't think it really tastes like almost 9% to be honest. No. It really doesn't. Not at all. So I'm happy about that. Okay, so let me talk about a man named Peter Oates. So Peter Oates was a Haysboro. Let's talk oh, about really? that. Yeah, yeah. So in the article I read, he was talking about how he was one of those people that would make frequent trips to Vermont for the IPAs mm. there. He was all about the hazy beers, loved them. And then a friend of his, Ricardo Petroni, said... Ricardo Petroni? Yeah. What a name. Yeah. He said to him, hey, you know... You're driving very far distances to go get these specific beers. Uh, You're a scientist. Why don't you (laughs) brew your own? And then you don't have to travel all the time. Because he said that it was getting to be a big hassle to do that. Having to go all the way to Vermont from New York and stock up and then come back and, you know, just back and forth. And he loved these beers so much. Like, that's what he mainly wanted to drink. So. He started brewing his own. He wanted to That's get into That's how he it. got into brewing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, he was an MIT grad. And because of that, he ended up building his own brewing equipment because he has that ability. So that's freaking cool. And then fast forward, after doing a lot of batches and dialing things in, they opened the brewery together, he and Ricardo, in 2015. Um, yep. And they decided that they were going to focus initially on hazy IPAs because A... That's what they love to drink. And B, they also said the turnover for those beers is really fast. You can get them produced and sold quicker than a lot of other styles. Oh, well. Now, that said, they've branched out since then. You know, they started mainly on Hazy IPs, but they do other stuff now. So, and I'll get to that at the end. There were some examples. I'm not going to give you a ton of examples of their beers, but just enough to give you an idea that they don't just do Hazy IPAs, even though that's all we're drinking. (laughs) Yeah. For the episode. So, just so you people know. Um, Oates actually enjoys the challenge of how complicated brewing is. You know, as a nerdy scientist, 
He's like, I love how intricate this is. I love that I can continually research, refine things, make things better, all that stuff. And he's gotten so into it, and it's so scientific for this brewery that they've actually created a mathematical model for hops, where depending on the hop and how much they're going to use and how they measure certain things with the hop, they can plug it into a mathematical formula they have created and figure out how much they should use and how they should use it. Which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Like, that's insanely advanced, in my opinion, for a brewer. Well, I'm sh- assuming some most breweries have something like that. Um, I mean, not so sure about that one. I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, I know a lot of breweries use things like um, Beersmith, which is a, a homebrewing program that I, I believe you can scale up for larger breweries. And... I'm sure there's some other um, software like that for specifically for production breweries, but um, yeah, I don't think anyone's like creating their own stuff like that. Hmm. And I'm sure there are people who don't even use that type of stuff either. They're just like, I'm going to wing this. Yeah. We've been to some breweries where you're like, they definitely were winging this. (laughs) And sometimes it's just, okay. So going to move to the next beer at this point, and then I'm going to read Some really interesting things off their website. We'll see how the verbiage sounds, but uh, they kind of have a breakdown of how they approach each style of beer that they're doing. Except sours aren't aren't on there, though, so I don't know. But Okay, so the third beer is called Energy Equals, um, and it's got a really cool logo on it. It's like Einstein's face. Einstein, yeah. Done in a cool art style. It's a double IPA, and it is exactly 8%. If I would have looked a little bit closer, I should have put this before the Harvester of Simcoe, probably. But whatever. It might not make that big of a difference, anyway. These are all 16-ounce cans, if people can't tell. Well, they can tell it's a can. They can't tell the size on the podcast. Once again, third in a row. Filled way up to the top. Good job. Good job. That's that's going to preserve these beers pretty well. This one looks more orangey. It does. No, it definitely does. Which is weird because you would think the higher ABV I mean, it would be more. But, it you know. still looks very similar though. Oh yeah, super similar. But, Probably about the same haziness and everything. The head looks about the same. Decent head because mm-hmm. it was poured agitated. Ooh, smells good. This nose is a lot lighter. This nose is a lot more citrusy. Like light citrus. Mm-hmm. The the last two is more like deep, dark, pulpy type, juicy citrus. This is more smells. like that bright. Yeah. notes that I'm kind of referring to. Yeah, bright, fresh, maybe a little bit crisp in the nose, mm-hmm. but still all that citrus. I mean, it's it's a bit, it's a bit similar yeah. to the other two in the sense that it's a lot of citrus notes. It just smells slightly different. Like, actually, I feel like there's like a slight caramelly note yeah, on the I, end with the malt. I was going to say some sweetness. I, I yeah. don't know if I would say caramel, but like hop caramels. Like the hop caramel that we had from um, French Broad Chocolates from Asheville, oh, North Carolina. We need to order more of those. It's been a while. I actually just got an email from them today. So, oh, they have their spring collection available. So you might okay, want to look at that. Okay, we're doing that tonight. We're doing it. <laughs> okay. Okay, I took my first sip. This is my favorite. I mean, it smells like ju- juicy. It kind of smells like a more citrusy version of the Harvester of Simcoe because there isn't that kind of like mm. distinct Simcoe like earthy spiciness to it but like a it. lot of the other notes and the can is super cool 
Einstein's face kind of has like a rainbow gradient a little bit. So what do you taste on it then? I feel like I taste a little, I, I taste more of a yeastiness to this than the other two, which I get with hazy IPAs a yeah. bunch. Especially because, you know, that's what happens when it's unfiltered, but yeah. But it is interesting because it is a definitely, definitely a step back in um, mouthfeel from the Harvester of Simcoe. Yeah. It's like it's a, a, it's a, like a level down. Mouthfeel. Yes. The citrus, I think, is dialed up. Not as much of the, like, dankness. Yeah. And then, yeah, I agree. A little more more of the yeastiness, but I, this is my favorite one. So there's a slight pine note that ends up building as you keep sipping it, too. But it's it's very, very slight. And there's more of a bitterness on the finish than I thought I would get. But once again, this is also one that I taste more of a yeastiness to than the others. And that I'm not a big fan of. I also was perceiving some yeastiness from the last one, too, though. Yeah, I got it slightly, but I feel like it got pretty well covered up with how thick it was and how robust those flavors were. Um, I will say, as I keep going, there's almost a little bit of an alfalfa note also coming through in this one. The energy equals. There's also an alfalfa. Yeah, I need There a you little. go. There's a little more. Figure that I'm one out. I'm trying to get figure my, it out. Keeping my ranking as a record. Figure it out. Yeah, so um, I like it. I'm, we're three for three on this, which is yeah. nice. Me actually liking hazy IPAs. That's a, it's a pretty crazy concept. If you ask me. All right. So let me grab my phone so I can read from their website, this stuff. So like I said, I'm going to go over each style and kind of how they approach it. So they have a, a category called next day IPA. They say next day IPAs are ambitious and challenging to make. They deliver the juicy hop aroma and flavor of a bigger IPA but we strive to keep the alcohol below 5% so that you can enjoy several in a session. Hmm. That's very much like the first beer yeah. we had, see the pale ale. Uh, the idea being to fully enjoy your drinking experience, yet still get your work done the next day due to low alcohol content. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Still I, get your work done the yeah. next day. I like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. This portion's way better written than the other portions of the website. Okay, so now their breakdown of the IPAs, double IPAs, and yes... Triple IPAs, which is one of the ones we're going to have last. IPAs are brewed using novel hopping processes that maximize extraction of flavorful and aromatic compounds from hops, while minimizing the contribution of harsh components that tradition, traditionally limit the application of hops for developing massive and complex flavor in beer. Hmm. So, I mean, that wasn't written all that well. I mean, that's kind of written to just say... Hey, we maximize flavor out of hops. Yeah. That's how I would boil it down. We're smart. We maximize flavor out of hops. Uh, so for farmhouse ales, they say, farmhouse ales are complex in creation, yet simple in enjoyability. They use a minimum of six different microorganisms and use unique brewing steps to maximize the production of delicious and funky farmhouse flavors from the various classes of microbes. These are bright, crisp, and refreshing pair wonderfully with local fruit, and are naturally carbonated. All beer is naturally carbonated. <laughs> um, but I would like, I mean, based off that, I would really like to try their um, farmhouse ales, to be honest. Hmm. That would be nice. Because when they said funky, like, let's go. Bright, crisp, and refreshing, that's what I want. And then the last category they have on here is stouts and porters. 
Uh, we've gone through great lengths to refine our process in these beers. The result is a rich flavor and creamy mouthfeel, showcasing decadent flavors, yet minimizing the harsh taste that dark grains can often leave behind. The creamy mouthfeel does not come at the expense of being cloyingly sweet to aid in its drinkability. Hmm. I would love to try their stouts for that yeah. reason. Their stouts slash porters, because it sounds like what they're doing is making sure they don't get disgusting sweet. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate a lot about stouts when people can have things added to it, like chocolate and vanilla and, and some fruit here and there, but not have it taste like you're getting the Those diabetes. Are, yeah. You know? So it sounds like they're doing a good job of that. I mean, I agree with that for like an everyday drinking beer. Sometimes I want that. Like I want like something sweet that I want to sip at the end of a meal. So yeah, like it, there's a place it is for your that. dessert. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place I for that. It. I get it. All right, so let's go to the final one. The final one, like I said, is a triple IPA. I'm very hesitant on triple IPAs that are hazy because a lot of the times there's not enough bitterness to hold up to the astringent alcohol. Mm. But let's see what happens here. This one is called Super Fractal. It's in their Koru set. I have no idea what that means. And it is 10% alcohol. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My thoughts exactly. Once again, same fill on the Just can. Just so funny. If you say 10% with a stout, I'm like, yeah. Well, because it has the body. It has the malt. It has the bitterness, typically, to hold up to that. Yeah. With something like this, it typically doesn't. So I'm interested to see how this is. I think the beer that we had by them in the beer mail that we didn't like as much was one of their triple IPAs. Mm. So I don't know if this is going to be like that or different. Hopefully different. Okay. Ooh, man, this is the haziest by far. Yeah. That is crazy hazy. Very orange. It's got the same type of head a lot because it was agitate poured. It's so hard for me to like pick huh. anything out now. I can't, yeah. Use the Sean Creel trick. Sniff your arm. There is something there. This it is... like cheese. I don't get that, but I will say that this is the least aroma we've had on any of these beers. Which is weird, because you would think that you really got to hit it with, a, with an aromatic punch and a flavor punch to overcome the alcohol. I'm getting cheddar cheese. I don't feel that... I do get chapstick though. I definitely it's like it's like orange juice chap chapstick, but the orange is very light. Yeah, I would say I, I'm not getting a lot of citrus. There's not a ton of, of of aroma to this. It looks really thick though. Yeah. Alright, I'm just gonna go in. It is thick. Huh. That's that's interesting. The mouthfeel feels like a real juice. Yeah. This is definitely the most serious mouthfeel of all of them. To be honest, I don't hate it as a triple IPA, which I kind of thought I was going to. But I don't like it a whole lot either. It's 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 fine, I guess. What are your thoughts? It tastes like a mixed drink almost. Okay. Yeah, I can um, see that. Is that. I'm perceiving the alcohol, like it tastes like a mixed drink with like an orange juice in it. Yeah, I could, I can but definitely But with the carbonation, 
like there's it's some sort of like vodka, orange juice, soda water mix. This type of beer is not really for me. It's too much, man. It's it's okay. It's it's too much. It there's way too much mouthfeel to it. It's 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 so thick. Uh, there it's you have to really wade through the the flavor of it. It's um I feel like it's almost equal parts orange and pine because there's a decent pininess to it. Actually, maybe not equal parts. I'd no. say like you know. It's not as much pine. I don't think. Yeah, it's maybe like two-thirds orange, one-third pine, maybe a little bit more, maybe like 60-40 or or, uh, 55-45, something like that. I just don't think that that hazy IPA should be this high in alcohol. It's it's a weird thing, and I do get that kind of chapstick flavor that I said I was smelling. It's a little weird. It's astringent, too, on the finish. Oh, I don't think so. I do. But, well, my my initial maybe three or four sips, it wasn't. But now that I keep drinking it, that astringency is kind of growing. I was going to say, I am not perceiving the alcohol as much as I thought I would. Um, It's just not worth it to me, to be honest. Like, when you can get a beer that tastes good like that, and I would argue that the three of these beers that are lower in alcohol taste better than that beer. Why would you go for that? Like, I don't drink to just immediately I mean, get wrecked. Right, because some people want that. I guess it's just like I don't know. I, I just for me, no, thank you. I don't. I don't think anyone should be making triple IPAs like that. Just because. That said, as far as a hazy triple IPA goes. I think they did a good job. Yeah. It's just, I don't want that. I don't think we need that. That's all. So, whatever. Okay. So, what's next on your docket? Okay. So, the last thing is, I'm just going to give some examples of some beers. So, we know that they're not just doing hazy IPAs. They're doing other stuff. So, these are some beers that, although they do a lot of hazy IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs. Uh, But here are some beers that they put out kind of recently. They had a barrel-aged imperial stout with coffee called... Barrel-aged equilibrium equals Mostra Coffee Cuvée. Hmm. Yes, please. Sounds good. They did South Street Pills, which is a Pilsner. Hmm. I would love to try that. And like I said, um, it's unfiltered because all their beers are unfiltered. They had a barrel-aged Austin Sauvignon Blanc, which is a sour... Uh, a Sauvignon Blanc barrel-aged farmhouse ale. Oh, you would like that. Yeah, that sounds really good. I would love to get my hands on that. They had a beer called Shared Space, which is a wild ale with guava and passion fruit. Ooh. And I saw they also had, like, a boysenberry version. So the, the Shared Space is kind of the the main name they use, and then they'll put whatever fruit afterwards. Hmm. Would like to try that. And then the last one I wrote down is their Barrel-Aged Reverse Migration which is a barrel-aged imperial stout with cacao, toasted coconut, and coffee, which sounds amazing. Barrel-aged stout with cacao, to- toasted coconut, and coffee? Yep. Yeah. Sounds great, right? Sounds good. I'd like to- Now, it's- okay, so now my big thing is I need to try and get my hands on non-IPA stuff yeah. from Equilibrium, because I'm very intrigued Well, because that's going to really showcase their right. beers. Yeah, because... 
To be honest, I don't want to drink beer from a brewery who is only doing IPAs, especially hazy IPAs. Because like I said, that's not my thing, really. Although I think they do a decent job as far as hazies go. So, but anyway. But that's all the information I have, so let's go ahead and do a ranking on these beers. Um, My last place is very easy. (laughs) After that, it gets a little tougher. Okay. Hmm. I know what my number... Well, I'm going to have to jump between them. I'm going to have to try a little bit, I think. Oh, you want a little more of that one? We're going to go back and do do some quick shots of these beers. I do like that. That's the thing. I I quite like the first three. The last one, not not as much. Just not... Not for me, man. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that, too. Okay. I like that, too. <laughs> You're going to go all the way with me. So we're we're both retrying the first three. Sorry, everyone. Ooh, okay. Mm. Okay, I got it. Yep, yep, okay. I got it. I know. Do you ahead. want me to go? Or you go want? ahead. Okay. So my number four, no, you know, no one will be surprised. It's the Super Fractal Triple IPA. No, thank you. I don't think we need to be doing that with hazies. No, thanks. My number three is going to be the Energy Equals, which was the double IPA. My number two is going to be the C, which was the Pale Ale. Okay. And my number one is the Harvester of Simcoe, which was a double IPA. So we're, we're different then. So here's the thing. Like, I don't necessarily need more of the energy equals or obviously the super fractal but i i quite like the harvest of simcoe and the sea i okay. quite like those well, see, energy equals is my number one cool so you can drink all that um my number two is the harvester of simcoe harvest of simcoe okay. my number three is my is the sea and then the number four the super fractal. yeah yeah is it fractal yeah yes okay like so our top sure. three are inter- are yeah different. I mean, I feel strongly that I that I quite like the sea and the harvester of souls. After that, the energy equals like it's fine. I'm not a huge fan. It's hmm. fine, and just no thank you on the super fractal. No yeah. thank you. Um. So yeah, that's how I it mean, is. I mean, I I wonder if I would feel differently if I had a different lineup of beers in front of me. As far as what. Feel differently. What do you if mean? I would like the super fractal. Oh. oh, you're saying just because going through all hazy IPAs, yeah, you're just like there are a lot of similar flavors here, and they're right. similar, and yeah. it's kind of like ah, uh, yeah, I hear you on that. Like you, you start to get a little palate fatigue too. You're just like I would like something different right, right. now. But that's also partially because that's how we drink beer typically. Like we're the type we style hop a lot. Where we'll have one beer or share one beer that's one style, and then we don't repeat that style. Yeah. Like, our next beer is definitely going to be something different. And for us, usually it's, we start with something hoppy or light, like a Pilsner or an IPA, and then we go straight to, like, a barrel-aged Imperial Stout or something like that. Yeah, because those are the types of beers we keep around. Wow. The Brewery Society. Yeah. There's a lot of them in the house. Well, and the brewery does hazy IPAs, but I just don't get those. I know they're good, but the problem is the way the society works. I 
don't know when I would get the beers, and I don't want to drink them, like, months out yeah. from when they're cans, so that's not... I mean, we could get them right away, but that would be too stressful to try to figure out. Well, we would have to go all the way to D.C. Yeah. <laughs> and I just am not willing to do that for some hazy IPAs, especially well, if you know me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not willing that. to do that really for... Yeah, because there's so many, so many beers out there nowadays. I mean, if it's the most amazing beer I've ever had, sure. I'll do right. that. Or close to it, sure. But if it's some hazy IPA, I can get a lot of those. No yes. thank you. I'm not I'm not going to travel for that. Which is why I also don't understand the people waiting in lines for beers. No, I, I just never, don't get it. I don't get it either. Which actually, that has happened at Equilibrium. When I was reading what? about it, they have had that. People waiting in line to buy cans. So Anyway. Yeah. Okay. But well, thank you, Kyle Norman. Big thank you to Kyle Norman. This is um, fun. Equilibrium. If anyone from Equilibrium hears this, why don't you do us a solid? Send us some of your other beers. Yeah. Send me an email, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. We'll do a specific episode just for you about the other styles that you do. Because I'm very intrigued about your farmhouse ales and your stouts. Just saying. Definitely your stouts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I would say definitely their stouts too because. I love a good stout that isn't super sweet. Like, yeah. that's my big thing. I'm very impressed when a stout isn't crazy sweet, and especially when it has extra stuff like chocolate yeah. and cacao nibs, all that jazz. So Okay, well, we will enjoy three out of yeah. four of these. Yes, for sure. Um, wish we had someone else here to drink that triple IPA. Yeah, someone would like it. We'll leave it till the end, and if we're feeling a little squirrely... We won't. After we get through the first three. If, we, if we're feeling squirrely after the first three, we're going to crack open a step. We have a lot of other beers. That's true. We'll definitely be fatigued palate-wise yeah. after that. So my, I'm already fatigued. <laughs> okay. Time to go eat some dinner. Thank you, everyone, for checking this out. And until next time. Keep it brutal. Keep it brutal.